for the first time in a long time, we actually weren't having a conversation when it started. I was kind of surprised there for a minute. I was like, fuck. Yeah. I'm we kind don't of have any sad that we didn't capture the past 20 minutes of me just freaking out. <laughs> for those of you who are wondering, uh, Brandon's been freaking out over technical difficulties, a.k.a. microphone and headphones for the last, like, 20 minutes. I think we were supposed to get started like an hour ago. Get started a little early, but we said fuck it, you know? Some of my favorite podcasts are a little bit more avant-garde. They're a little bit more um, free-form, let's say. And and some of the episodes have totally just included meltdowns over the uh, the audio equipment not working or having to stop and restart an episode, anything like that. So, you know, I'm trying to really bring in the influences here. I'm trying to... Maybe one of these days I'll just hit record without you knowing. I'll change the setting that says that there's a countdown timer. I'm going to turn that off. So Is that you a know setting fucking... you can turn off? Because I'd actually kind of like that. There's a countdown every time we do it on the studio we use. And I feel like it's cheating because I always get to know when the countdown's coming. Yeah, there is a countdown. So I can be in full control until I finally relinquish the power of giving you the email. So <laughs> Until I, you call it the email, but it's really just the X link <laughs> that I get to do this every no, what I'm Yeah, well, what I'm saying is eventually I'll link this to an email where we both have access. Oh, yeah. We can Maybe. both mess around with editing these fun clips. Hey, by the way, that we've been putting on Instagram. If you don't follow us on Instagram and you listen. If you don't follow us on Instagram, fucking follow us on Instagram. We're putting that. reels up. I'm making funny videos about about every week's pod y'all need to be hitting us up on instagram not to whore out the instagram but y'all need to get the fuck over to this all i'm saying is we're actually putting effort and work into this where we're like guys who have jobs and stuff you know so it's like it'd be nice <laughs> we're just guys it'd be nice maybe <laughs> to eventually hear uh that somebody would want to contribute to the help you know yeah so check it out so i guess while we're here then you know, we'll formally say, welcome to the M&V podcast, episode seven, by the way. We're getting fucking deep, a, a full week's worth of podcasts, right, Brandon? That's super true. Oh, wow. A week's worth. So if you were listening, um, if you've listened to all of seven of these episodes, you're a maniac freak, and I love, I love you, you more than so you'll much. Know. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that so much. You're the best. But, you know... Long term with the pod, it's like I would love to just put out an ep a week with my boy every week uh, uh, until the end of time because, you know, shit doesn't stop. Nope. Shit doesn't stop. And And here's the deal, right? We stay heavily consistent, right? Because it doesn't matter if it's a holiday or what. We recorded last week on Christmas Eve Eve, which I texted you about. I found out that the psycho Christians are calling that Christmas Adam. Now? You did, yeah. You texted me about oh, that. Way. That shit made me so uncomfortable. So what's going on about that? What is what is Christmas Adam all so about? It's it's Adam and Eve, right? But the whole thing is Christmas Eve has nothing to do with Eve from Adam and Eve. It just means the Eve of Christmas. I wonder if anyone played um, Assassin's Creed back in the day. There was the Assassin's Creed games, and they were fucking sick. And there was. A whole storyline part of that that game where you discover the actual origin of Adam and Eve and okay. how it built into the technology and the the game. The pre- have you ever played these games? No, but I mean I've played some of them. But I'm assuming you get to fight Jesus. Well, no. So yeah, kind of. So the the premise of the games is you're uh, typically some type of masked or, or incognito historical figure going through time, but you're at least for the first like six games, let's say. Yeah. You're some weird bartender guy in New York who gets like hired by this company to See, come. That's work. what I played, and then I heard they killed that homie off and I was yeah. like done. I and like, I used done. to like that storyline because yeah. the the idea of like somebody who's like now like a fucking bartender, their ancestry goes back to the idea of, of, so like of the these, beginning of the revolution or whatever, right? Yeah, or like some in Egypt time or guys involved insane, in right? secret society. Your family was involved in some tor- some type of secret society. I played, I played the one that occurred in 1776 where you're like a native American. I think. Number three. Yeah. yeah that was a and good I one. I love that one. That one was nuts. That was a great game. That was a great game. But like that, that concept is fucking tight, dude. Yeah. And so, now we're technically New Year's Adam, right? Because we're two days out 
from New Year's and one day away from New Year's Eve, right? So I've officially declared this day as New Year's Adam. How do you feel about that? I like M and B. It's M and B Adam. It's M and B Adam now, huh? That's what we're. That's what we're gonna call it. No, I, I this New Year's Adam stuff is freaky. I, I don't, don't like Christmas Adam. I don't like that ki- pe- kids are getting gifts that are Christmas Adam gifts. So like, fuck a Christmas gift. Fuck a Christmas Eve gift. Christmas Adam. So are they are they down to spend extra money just for the the Christmas Adam gift that's yeah. coming out? Yeah. Because you yeah. know you can't let these spoiled white kids, you know, not get all the toys on Christmas too. Hey, you gotta go. You gotta go buck wild for them. If if the entire if you can't if you can see the bottom of the tree that you failed as a parent. <laughs> that's 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 what America wants you to believe for sure. They're like, hey, capitalism wise, if I don't see minimum forty five fucking presents under that tree, you failed as a parent. If the entire bottom of the tree is visible, you're in trouble you're as in a trouble. parent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're in deep shit, bro. So with it, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's crazy, honestly. Um, It better all be iPads. It better all be iPads with corresponding new iPhones with Apple Watches and AirPods. And I don't want those cheap-ass $200 AirPods. I want those $500 AirPods. See, yeah, no, I get that. Like, I feel like when kids get to a certain point when they're in high school and they need to keep up with the times, they need to keep up with what's trendy... You remember when the trendy thing for us was to have like an LG chocolate flip phone that you could text on? But you couldn't access the internet from it. Maybe you could. I think maybe on those phones you might have been able to. (laughs) It it was one of those very preliminary. Dude, yeah. Yeah. I would it's gonna be one of those things where you go back in time or go forward in time and you're in a museum and they're showing you what the internet looked like on a phone for the first time. (laughs) You got to sit there and watch how long it takes to load Google. Like you just, that's like, that's the presentation (laughs) is that little blue bar at the top. And it just like goes back and forwards like five or six times. But they're going to be like, it took the, it's like, I have it beamed into my brain now. Like I can't believe. (laughs) And and our kids will be like, it took you that long to go to Google. And we'll be like, yes, yes, it did. We didn't have all the knowledge instantly beamed into our head and exported out to a server. No. When our friends used to ask a question, I used to just make up the answer, knowing that no one could Google it. <laughs> I oftentimes see that meme, and I've seen this meme like a million times on the internet, so I'm sure you, you may have seen it in some iteration, but it's like, uh, back in my day, we didn't need the Joe Rogan podcast to tell us that the Mayans invented cell phones. We had some weird guy that we were friends with in high school's older brother with like black lights in his <laughs> in his in his, his room bedroom. smelled like shit and hadn't hadn't graduated and failed yeah, out of college. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's a guy. <laughs> we and had that, that friend too. But you needed that plug. You needed that guy in your life, and like a lot of people didn't have that guy because they didn't have the freaks in their lives. You know, that's we the were problem. the we were the last generation to like have that guy. Yeah, now that guy is the is Oprah. Yeah, now it's Joe Rogan, I guess. <laughs> Which we talk about. Joe Rogan is Oprah for white guys, right? It's Oprah. It's not just Oprah for white guys. Think I don't even Oprah think. Oprah for like the male demographic of like I think 18 it's, to it's 40. It's broader even than than just men. I think women listen to Joe Rogan more than you'd be uh, like. If you're here's a woman and listen to Joe Rogan, please he, email us at mvpodcast at outlook.com. Please email us and tell us everything please. about that. Tell please me everything tell us, about how you learned Tell us like your it. favorite episode. I'll listen to it and react to it. We'll react to it on stream. But I'll, full, do a, I'll, I'll call her out. She can be on the pod. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, I just think that Joe Rogan is listened to by millions and hundreds, potentially millions of people. Probably the anybody, biggest thing that's played on Spotify. Everybody. Anybody who listens, who can speak English is aware of Joe Rogan to some degree. Yeah. I mean, they've at least seen a clip or something viral, you know? Um, I felt that way. I feel like those clips go everywhere now. And he did it without mainstream media. Now, I don't think that that means he isn't some, he should be treated and viewed at like a, like a giant corporation. Yeah. I mean, he is now it's like, I think like it's Joe Rogan, LLC, like Joe Rogan experience LLC. Like he is a company, you know? 
it's bigger. He gets more views than CNN, the place that's supposed to be informing the nation, by the way. So, and, and, and if doesn't he's, have a sick podcast. And if he's some type of guy that's just spewing disinformation, like they say, or something to that effect, like, you go, well, he's the one who has more views. So what are you, what are you going to do about it? Like, what are you going to? More people believe him. So suck it. <laughs> and and he even has like my favorite thing was during co- the COVID era and stuff, and he the was whole being fiasco. yeah he had yeah. he had issues with yeah right like he had yeah. issues with Spotify that ended up becoming like a huge you know didn't pressure. hurt his bag though didn't hurt his bag uh, but of course it wasn't gonna hurt his bag right no. like he had a CNN journalist on his show to discuss the current feud or whatever between him and cnn and that dude floundered on his show he failed to oh, be I able watched to that one i watched because like dude back then covid i wasn't doing anything and i, I was think, just doing stuff like joe rogan and playstation and yeah. digging around and- well i think anybody um i think even that guy who worked uh sanjay gupta was it was it him sanjay gupta the I think it was. medical yeah, guy yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah who who went on there if it might, it might not be him, but whoever it was, um, they they failed to be able to sit down there in like a long form context, regardless of if the information they were trying to put forward is true, not true, whatever. I don't think Joe Rogan was not within his rights to be able to say what he was saying, and the fact yeah. that everybody decided to come down on him at the same time was obviously like kind of. Like, hey, we know he gets more. We know he gets more listeners than us. We know we need to kind of bite this in the nib now. Like, it, it's going to give conspiratorial minds like ammo. It's yeah, going to give them without yeah. a doubt because they're going to be like, well, look at this mass silencing that's happening on mainstream media, right? Which yeah. is what we heard back in the day. Right. It's uh it's a it's a weird thing now where yeah. we're you know I'm hoping our listenership of a very small amounts of people right now is able to grow and Again, we're able we to get you guys so much. Yeah, please uh <laughs> please. tell your friends about the podcast if you enjoy a drive to work where you don't have to think about. It. Here's the thing, I listen to political podcasts and like conspiracy podcasts all the time. I can't listen to that on my way to work all the time. You know, I, yeah, I have to, you I need have that, to, you need that, that just like sitting in the car with your buddies, with my balls, with your boys. And here we are, you know? So I want to kick us off today. Uh, as we, we get there, I like how we kind of came full circle on that, but this week I have been sick as fuck. And because of that, it's college bowl season, which every year, you know, college football has like a hundred plus bowl games as a way to make a bunch of colleges feel good about themselves who didn't make the playoffs. Right. And they used to be called like really dope names. Like when we were kids, like they had things like the orange bowl and the fiesta bowl. And like, it was all based on geographical location and stuff like that. Right. And this led to now bowl games are really kind of just a massive brand deal, right? Like it's the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Oh, yeah. and like Big time. Yeah, right? It's just, it's one of those things where how it's much just of the, a massive how much press of the, point. How much of the players are seeing the Pop-Tart Bunny? Well, we're about to get there. But right. what I want to bring up is this year they had the Pop-Tart Bowl, okay? And I don't care if a single player saw a fucking dollar from the Pop-Tart Bowl because it was the single-handed greatest bowl game I have ever seen in my entire <laughs> life, okay? There was a football game played between Kansas State and North Carolina State, and Kansas State had a big comeback win, right? Not a bad game. But the entire game, Brandon, the entire game, there was a full-size Pop-Tart mascot dancing around. Okay, I love okay? that. And there should have been two. Let's there be real. Been two. But I just thought like, oh, he's cute. He's fun. He's cool. Like, I'm happy he's here and involved at all. Right? I'm just happy he's involved. Right. At the end of the game, I was like about to change the channel. Right? It's bowl season. There's a hundred games on. Right? I go to Google what like the next close game is. That's like a good one to watch. The ceremony of the Pop-Tart begins, bro. Like, right there in the middle of the field. So, like, okay. at the 50-yard line, this Pop-Tart just breaks down in a dance, 
and then jumps up and I'll I, I hope our listeners please pause and go look this up. It's like a two minute YouTube video. I think I'm probably gonna show it on the stream on Wednesday for everybody who doesn't catch it. But the Pop Tart jumps on what's easily like a fifty foot toaster. Okay? And he's dancing on the toaster and he starts to descend into the toaster. Okay? And he pulls out a sign. You you this sounds made up as fuck, I know. He pulls out a sign that says, This is what dreams are made of. And as he falls down into the toaster, he throws the sign. And I don't know where the mascot went, but on the other side of the toaster, out came a real cooked full-size Pop-Tart that the winning team ate. Full t- full size? Like, like, like human like body? As big as the mascot was. Wow. Like he sacrificed himself to them, technically. Yeah, well, a lot of those commercials from, like, the 2010s and onward, remember those cartoons? Yeah. Where it would be, like, where they were they would literally sacrifice themselves by jumping into the toaster or whatever. That and would I be a like thing. And I feel like we're back. We're back, right? But now we're doing it in figurative, like, there's reality involved. And in the winning a- team got to eat him. Like, dude, could you imagine how sick that would be? You win a fucking bowl game and then you get to eat a fucking... It was easily six foot tall by three foot wide pop tart edible pop tart yeah that's a beautiful thing man i mean i love a pop tart we uh we were talking a little bit before the podcast about what our favorite um our favorite yeah, pop tart really old man pod uh pop tart favorite how many old men are even eating pop tarts am i an old man is that what you're trying to say no dude but pop tarts have been around long enough that like 80 year olds eat pop tarts and they eat that brown sugar one that you like when the fuck you think so? You think, Absolutely. all right, well, you just blew the what, load on it. you think that the it. old men are well, eating wild be, berry, All right, dude? let me explain myself. Brown sugar cinnamon is the best Pop-Tart in the world. It's, like, not even debatable, and I don't even think it's even close. I think it's, like, brown sugar and then everything else underneath the brown sugar Pop-Tart. Are you looking up what your Pop-Tarts were made to try to prove a point right now? What I mean, year were Pop Tarts made? Google. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna, oh, you're, ready for this? Yeah, 1964, dude. It's yeah, dude. Even, so you're telling me a, most young, of, a young buck 40 year old man didn't get hooked on the Pop Tarts and now he's like 90? Fair. All I think is. 1964 is when a lot of, you know, people our age, our parents were getting bored around then. Maybe, I don't know. It feels so around then. So at least then. it's a 60-year-old flavor. It's 50 to 60-year-old. I can't do math, but yeah. I, uh, I'll look at it as this. That's a great flavor. You can't do wrong throat. I don't even toast them. I eat them raw dog, those fucking <laughs> Pop-Tarts. Dude, have you... I learned this when I lived in the South, and this is something that you would never do in the North, but it is great, and it is Southern as shit. Before you put your Pop-Tart in the microwave or toaster, butter the back end. All right, I was about to say that. You don't got to fucking take it away from me now. As an <laughs> East Coaster, I also understand. I also understand the appeal of the butter on the Pop-Tart. But here's the thing. On the brown sugar cinnamon, it creates like this beautiful molasses situation that you're not expecting. <laughs> you're really fucking selling these <laughs> shitty Pop Tarts, dog. I want them so bad. I'm mad that I wasn't able to obtain them today. One day, I, I this week, I will go out and buy the brown sugar cinnamon Pop Tart. I'll put it in the microwave for a little bit. I'll get it warm, and then I'll put the butter on it, and it Yo. will it will hit different, bro. So. I do want to wrap up our Pop-Tart story by letting everyone know that there's a guy, his name is Roger Sherman. He's a sports photographer, and he actually got to have a great moment with the Pop-Tart, which I'm super jealous of. There's a picture of him, and the Pop-Tart mascot is feeding him a Pop-Tart, okay? And so he tweeted and said, I asked if it was offensive to eat a Pop-Tart in front of the Pop-Tart mascot. And its handler yelled out at me, it's their dream. And then the mascot (laughs) grabbed the Pop-Tart out of my hand and force fed it to me while making soft grunting noises. Holy shit, man. (laughs) 
<laughs> you gotta look at the you gotta look at the situation for what it is and say, man, we're getting a little too torqued up here about the Pop Tarts. I think I think this guy who they had was for the mascot was really into it. I, I mean, think he was really into being that pop. He's probably just like a method actor, you know. He yeah. he's he's he gets the role of Pop Tart. He goes, <laughs> I need to. I've been training for the role of Pop Tart at Juilliard for fucking twenty years. It's my moment. He's a guy who just his parents spent two hundred thousand dollars just to get him in the <laughs> door, send him away, for four <laughs> to years. fucking get him out of their fucking basement <laughs> for four years. <laughs> and now he's like got the role. Of Pop Tart. <laughs> yes, I play Pop Tart. <laughs> yeah, I've been dressed as Pop Tart in my apartment actually for the past four and a half, maybe six months. I've, I've been method acting for this role. I've been just a Pop Tart. <laughs> Every day, I I I throw thirty seven blankets on my bed to try to simulate the idea of being toasted. I want to be toasted like a pop tart. I will eventually get to forty, hit my Kickstarter. All right. Well, eventually, I hope that we can one day get some pop tart outfits and recreate this ourselves. <laughs> That's what I'd like to do. A pop tart is a great way to start the morning. I feel like going going to going super sweet is a little bit of the wrong direction. But yeah, I, I agree. Right, first thing in the morning is the last thing I need is something unfamiliar. I need a. I'm way more of an the, eggs and toast in the morning guy, and I'm a pop tart in the middle of the night kind of guy. I'll eat a pop tart in the middle of the night, no problem. Yep. But I'll definitely have one in the morning. I'll definitely have one in a situation quick. Usually yep. is my situation with the pop tart like fast, and that's why I don't heat it. We just go in, and I need something good. Straight out of the package, and brown sugar cinnamon does the does the job every time. S'mores also does a good job out of the I'm package. I'm a s'mores boy. I'm yeah. a s'mores boy for sure. But if we're gonna go sweet, a blueberry or a fucking wild berry is typically what you're gonna you're gonna want to get. Something you Absolutely. don't have to, a flavor you don't have to think about. An OG, right? An original five. An original five Pop-Tart. You never have to think about it. For Everyone sure. has their favorite OG of the five. Like, you know, wild berry, brown sugar cinnamon, fudge, strawberry, blueberry. Everybody's got a fave. Fudge right? is Everybody's good. Fudge, fudge is, good. is good, dude. All right. So we had some fun here, right? We started with an open one. I'm going to I'm gonna bring a little bit, little bit creepier of a story in. But I think that the outcome is fucking hilarious. So we'll, we'll dig into it. But everyone hold through with me, okay? So this comes from Brazilian news and they did not put the names in it due to the severity of the story. But a 34 year old woman recently found out that her husband was sleeping with her 15 year old niece that they were letting live at the house. Okay. I'll let you guys know this story comes from daily mail and they wanted to let us know right off the rip that in Brazil, the age of consent is 14. What that is crazy, which is crazy. Now, she does not give a fuck about what Brazil says, which I agree with you, homegirl, 100%. I don't like it either. So she decided that she was going to take justice into her own hands since the law wasn't going to do anything about it, right? And uh, she told him she wanted to have kinky sex, and he was like, oh, fuck yeah. And she tied him up to the bed, ankles and, you know, ankles and uh, wrists. And when he was tied up, that bitch pulled out a straight razor and cut his dick off. When, what year did this occur in? Because I feel like... This I've, happened on uh, exactly eight days ago when she turned herself in. Wow. I've yeah. heard about stories like this before. I've heard about people getting their, their dicks cut off for sexual crimes before. And this like, is... What a bad bitch, dude. This is... Uh, here we go. The most recent story... That you can hear of, of a chick cutting a dude's dick off, and honestly, shout out to her. You With a can't, straight razor, like that had to seriously take some fucking time. I mean, at that point, like that it's point, not just the straight. You know, like there's some assault. There has to be some assault, extra that, assault. No, she was just hacking at that dick, dude. She was just like, ah, she just had to cut it right off. 
Oh my god, the way that you just like mimed that, how fast, <laughs> how fast that's gotta be. You have to be attacking so hard in order yeah, for dude, that. Yeah, dude, she was pissed, and I don't blame her. Um, however, that's not even the best part, right? The next thing she did was she proceeded to take a picture of his cutoff dick in her hand and be like, this is my evidence that I cut off his dick. And once she had all the proof she needed, while the man was still tied up screaming, she flushed his dick down the toilet. Holy. She <laughs> she did not fuck around, dude. I mean, what did that? There's no... If you can't be flushing tampons down the toilet, there's no way... What's a fucking penis do to the instructional integrity of a fucking sewage system? What does a dick... There's no way that dick goes down. Like, can you imagine the swirling motion of that? Like, and then they try, it tries to suck it down. You know, it tries its hardest to go and suck it down. You think she had to plunge, push it down? Like, she had to, like, plunge that shit down the drain? If she plunged it, that thing would fly back out and hit her in the face. (laughs) I'm thinking of those old (sighs) Japanese, like, not old, but, like, those videos you see of the Japanese plungers where you just put the adhesive over it and you press down and yeah. it pushes it That's through. That's probably for the, the Japanese floor toilets. Have you heard about this? No. Well, if you go to Japan, like, in cer- if you go to, like, rural areas of Japan. Yeah. And even in certain urban areas of Japan that are, you know, trying to retain a certain tradition or whatever, the, uh, the there's toilets that are literally, like, flush with the floor. It's a hole. And a porcelain like hole in the floor that you I would, would like never be flexible enough to shit there. But that's like the ultimate logical uh that's the logical conclusion of the, the squatty potty when you really think about it. That requires you to fully squat and make sure your shit's hitting that target, dude. Do you and guys squatty potty at your house? We don't. And it's we only squatty potty over here. I want to. I want to so bad. It's Kelly doesn't want to squatty potty. And Dude, just I get respect one for yourself it. and hide it under the toilet. Dude, I respect it. People can do whatever they want. But, like, here's the thing. I know in nature, when you're supposed to be shitting, you're supposed to be squatting. You're supposed to be in, like, kind of a standing position. Your shitting body's like designed. Children. Yes, your body's designed to kind of shit that way. So if you're going to shit that way, or if you're going to use a toilet, which when you use a toilet, your shit hits a brick wall immediately before exiting you. And it's like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> I like that's, that. Yeah. That's what happens to your shit. It's not your right. Your shit just fucking hits a wall. It should just free flow down with gravity. It forever. should do what your body is designed to do. And if we're going to use toilets and try to be civilized, I'm, I'm not against it. I'm not. Me neither. But we need to design a way for it to be healthier for our body so it's not hitting that brick wall before you, it's leaving your body. That's all. So I 100% agree. I'm a squatty potty boy. I recommend everyone get a squatty potty in this world. I think it's good for you. Um, you just need to shit the right way, dude. Like there's no other way around that. You need to shit the right way. You're you absolutely right. You need to right. shit right. 100%. Now wrapping up this dick in the toilet story. Uh, <laughs> once she was done, she confessed all of this to police immediately. She turned herself in and immediately complied with the police during her confession, she explained that she flushed the penis because she heard rumors that it was possible to reattach it. She did not want that shit to happen. I I have mad respect for that, where she's just kind of like, I read on the internet that you can just put it back on. I don't understand I don't want why you to do that. Uh, yeah, that's not even an option for me. Like, I, I, I look, I looked it up. I get it, but like, we're not gonna let that happen. She should have lit it on fire. Dude, like, had, like, a fucking fire ceremony. She should have put it on, like, a piece of wood and, like, sent it out to the ocean, like, with while it's on fire. Like, a Viking burial for her pen- for her ex-lover's penis. Yeah, you kind of send it off the waterfall a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you just light it on fire like Qui-Gon Jinn in Star Wars, you know? Holy shit, dude. <laughs> send that penis out like Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, so I will say they did end the article with this fucked up fact, okay? Okay. Police intend to interview the niece to see if the sex was consensual. If so, the mother will be the only one who faces any charges. Because she is a year over the age of consent in Brazil. At 15. Wow. 
All right. Yeah. Well, let's get that fixed, Brazil. Let's get let's fix that age of consent law. Absolutely. Let's get on that. Let's go and look. I was in I was in Austria one time, and I saw that the drinking age at the bar at the festival we were playing yeah. or whatever that venue. It was like you need to be fourteen to drink, and I was like, twelve <laughs> year olds were pissed. And I was like, that's crazy. But at the same time, if you're there with your parent. And it's part of the culture, and everybody grew up drinking wine with dinner. Like, I don't yep. think it's that big of a deal, right? Like, I think substances, the earlier they're introduced uh, socially and, like, not socially. I guess that's not the right the right word. But the, right to, the first time they're introduced, like, by society at yeah. large to a kid, and it's not, like, some sort of taboo thing where they have to find out behind the backs of anybody – the better. Yeah, or like hide behind your parents yeah. and drink like nine beers at like some weirdo's house this, like we used to. Yeah, I think this general like recreational legalization of weed is typically a good thing because it just stops. It gives it takes away the kids' ability to go. I'm I'm being sick right now. Like I'm being super cool by like uh, subverting the rules or whatever. You know, that's yeah, half absolutely. the reason. I feel like most of the time. Well, I think we, we can we can wash the grossness of that story, but I did really just want to bring up the fact that I love this woman, right? Not only did she know that there was nothing the law was going to do, so she just cut off homie's dick herself and sent it down the fucking toilet. It's like that movie Flushed Away with the rats, but it's yeah. a dick. Oh, it's Flushed Away. I mean, the flushed name can away. stay. The name can stay. But that's... that's um, can you imagine you're like, you're like sitting there like cleaning that shit out like hundred years from now just like a deformed like raggedy cock just falls out of the fucking well, sewage system there's no dick in a cock right like that doesn't there's no dick in a cock or no <laughs> there is That's a dick the episode of today's episode there's no bone in a cock there's right? no bone in a cock yeah, but there's no. no there's no bone in a cock no so it would probably just end up either deteriorating or becoming alligator food in brazil yeah 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 Ooh. I feel like alligators are definitely in the Brazil sewage system. Are do they even have? I feel like they're. Do they even have alligators? I don't fucking know. They might have just a big. They might have caimans down there. The little boys. Brazilian alligators. Oh yeah, dude. They're big and they're ugly. And it says they they're the the yakari caiman. They eat cocks. Is what it says. Oh, I just said that. I said it's probably caimans, dude. The little guys. They're penis eaters, so you know. I'm a, like a like, don't call me a, like a an animal perfectionist or, or genius or anything like that, but I kind of am, dude. I kind of get the animals. I know this shit. I'm the Doctor Doolittle of this podcast. Yeah, hit me up. Well, I wanna. We're in Brazil, so let's take a little jump over to China for this next one. China, right? China. We're going we're down gonna, to China. We're gonna stay there because I don't really know if you remember a couple years ago, but there's been a lot recently of talk of cheating when it comes to competitive chess. And normally, I wouldn't give a fuck about cheating with competitive chess, but the rumors recently have been that people are cheating using anal beats, and that's where I get really interested. Okay, well you've got me. What can uh, I say? Yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm thoroughly, all... thoroughly intrigued. <laughs> So this all started last week when 48-year-old Yan Shenglong beat dozens of opponents to win the national title of chess master in China. Okay? All right. Now, however, only like 20 hours after he was disqualified. And the reason that he was disqualified was actually not the reason everyone thought. The thing everyone thought was is that he has been accused of cheating using anal beads where someone in the crowd is watching him play chess and then beeps the anal beads in his asshole to let him know what move to make next. And that they've got like a big fucking game to figure out. They figured out they've mastered like Morse code in the butthole. So this dude took a page out of every famous like drug dealers textbook and said, just shove it up your ass. Just yep. shove it up your ass, and like the majority of working stiffs don't want to go up your ass. Who the fuck's to... gonna check my butthole? Yeah, I mean that's super fair. I mean at that point, would you shove something up your ass for the competitive edge? If it if it meant that much to me, probably. Yeah. All right. Well, then maybe it should be banned. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ban the anal beads all Yeah, I think maybe beads. maybe that is performance enhancement and that it should be taken away from the athletic types because you go, I mean, who wouldn't be willing if, if it's going to provide that sort of competitive edge, you know? Absolutely. So what's even crazier about this story is not only are we changing locations, but we're also going to stay in the bathroom. Because what happened here was, is our our man Jan, he wasn't eliminated or his he wasn't disqualified due to the anal beads. He was disqualified for going on Instagram Live and shitting in a bathtub at his hotel. So he shit in the bathtub. What like a like his the one he was paying for or was this yes. like a yes. So you can get in trouble for that? So the Chinese Chess Association announced on Monday he would have the title revoked and they would confiscate his prize money as it was caught disrupting public No, no shit. Wow, that's pretty serious. So shitting... Well, dude, let's be real. Is shitting in your own private toilet uh, disrupting the public order? I think because it was on the internet. He was enticing other Chinese people to was shit. Was it in the like toilet. I would love not to the know? Not the toilet. Do you have the Do you have the internet? Uh, do you have the the link to the video? No, I, it was taken down, unfortunately, from okay. his Instagram. Only my curiosity after. is this: is is, uh, is somebody else involved in this? Is there a separate? Are both of his hands visible during this recording process? Is what I want to know. Is there a, is there a second set in here recording well, him shitting in this? Of course. Of course, Jan consumed alcohol with others in his room the night after the win, right? And then he shit in the bathtub of the room he was staying in, in an act that they say damaged hotel property, violated public order, and ruined good morals. Overall, having a negative impact on the competition and the event, showcasing he was of extremely bad character. I think they're being lame as fuck. And I think if a guy wins, he's going to do some stupid shit in his hotel room. And you got to just kind of look. I don't think this needs to go to the media is my thing. I think if a guy wins a game and he shits in your in your tub and it's a pain (laughs) in the ass to clean. I think that sucks. And yes, maybe, you know, but how many times does a normal person shit in the tub probably pretty regularly yeah like what if you're like you know you know those times when you're like throwing up so hard that you're shitting at the same time because you're that sick oh you ever been there oh yeah yeah Yeah, like you're throwing up so hard it's like that that south park there's the south park about this where he's shitting and throwing up at the same time and you're like oh yeah big time because everybody's been there right everyone's had that stomach bug that's exactly what this feels like like what if what if he was just sick from alcohol and throw it up so hard that he was shitting and just took it to the fucking toilet or took it to the tub. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, that's a scenario where somebody would end up shitting in the tub. Another scenario where somebody would end up shitting in the tub is they're a fucking freak and they just want to shit in the tub. <laughs> I go, like, so he may just be a chess master and a master tub shitter at the same time. Well, <laughs> 100%. He might just be into shitting all over the place all the time. So yeah, you're comp- you're competing now with guys who are sick and staying at your hotel, and guys who love shitting all over the place and who are staying at your hotel. That's a huge populace. That's a huge section of the population right there. Those two groups. So you have a huge problem, and uh, you can't just sit there and and pick and choose which one is a big deal or not. You know, is all I'm saying. Well- I think this is the big difference with like China and America, right? Because I know I know you got Bill's family and I'm sure your family listens, but like for Go the Bills. whole fam, right? Go Bills. Imagine, imagine right now with me. Josh Allen wins the Super Bowl. He's Super Bowl MVP, right? You're telling me that the hotel in Buffalo, like the Hilton, wouldn't fucking love to be the Hilton where Josh Allen blackout drunk shit the tub. Yeah. They'd put I that mean, shit on the fucking door. That's this a great, is where Josh Allen shit the fucking tub on Instagram Live. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. person doesn't sound like they were in that level. You know, if you're at that elite level, you can do kind of whatever you want. 
Well, that's my thing. Like, how big is chess in China? Is chess is like so big that they're like legitimately <laughs> famous people, or is it just like nah? You know? No, dude. Or is it I like a, a good chess player over here where nobody cares and you do it in a rec center? Uh, you know? <laughs> no, I don't think chess is that big over there, dude. I think <laughs> you don't think though. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think it's about as big as it is. You know, over here, I don't think they value. Uh, Look, they value intellectualism over in Asia, right? Like that's why all, I feel like chess. We is all over turn that ath- uh, over sports. Yeah, but they also they know how to market something to somebody. It's it's. I think they're past this whole point of, you know, let's market the fact that everybody's such a great engineer. They're down to market superstars. Look at K-pop. Yeah, they're down. This is, they go. Here's what the Westerners respond to. We'll give them that. And we'll give the, them whatever. And in the background, we're going to outpace them in all of these things. And K-pop that's just, is just Pokemon 2.0, dude. They knew they had us. They I knew mean, they had us. I don't want to get into how uh, South Korea is a U.S. vassal state or anything. Don't get me too riled up on this fucking podcast. Oh, right dear. Now. Oh, dear. Hey, man, look, uh, up, uh, look up the fact that MASH is the only... Uh, the only uh, representation of the Korean War in American media at all. I was just talking about this. How? Oh, oh dude, you mean on the show where they called somebody spear chucker? Let's give. Let's give. Look, they they handled some interesting issues on that show, like racism. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah, but they like, fought racism, and then they were like, "Yeah, spear chucker." It's here's okay. the thing: they're not going to make a show <laughs> about the guys who are testing napalm. They're going to yeah. make shows about the guys who were the, the medical guys. Well, that also doesn't make very good TV. <laughs> it would be. Are you kidding? That would now do great. it would. But like in 1970, they didn't make like dripping I don't, dramas I don't think like people they have, did now. I don't think people have changed that much. Oh, excuse me. I think if people were to put out MASH, but it's MASH from the Vietnamese side and they're cleaning up the napalm wounds, people would watch that shit. Now, sure. Hey, man. People in the 70s weren't that polite. So... To finish up here on Jan, what people are saying is that there are mass rumors that Jan has been clenching and unclenching rhythmically to communicate information about the chessboard via code to a computer through his asshole, which then is sent back instructions through vibrations on what moves to make. Yeah, that's um, that's that's a whole other level of taking dedication to competition and 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 deploying it within the game. I I, I couldn't do it personally. I can't handle anything being within clearance of my <laughs> asshole. My Don't put anything in my asshole. I might come. Don't. I'm gonna come immediately. A hundred percent. I'm gonna come. Don't do that. And so I'm gonna come at chess, and nobody wants to see me come at the chess match. <laughs> Oh, everything's the whole board's going to be white pieces. Don't worry about me. So I will say the association has said that it is currently impossible to prove that Jan engaged in cheating via anal beats. Well, they don't want to check. I get that. Yeah. But I think if you shit in the hotel tub, maybe you were pulling your fucking anal beads out. Yeah, this guy seems to have a repeatable pattern of potentially being a sick freak. He just loves his butt, dude. But I also don't want to don't want to discredit anybody who gets naked in the hotel lobby. I've been in the hotel lobby having a mental B. <laughs> Nobody wanted to let me have my damn room. <laughs> I've had the mental B sitting there at the hotel lobby. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think it's ever resulted in me getting naked, but you never know, man. You never know. You never know. All right, so you know what? I actually found this this week, and I was super excited about it, Brandon. I found a fucking alien story for us this week, bro. Uh, alien story. You know I'm hyped. You know I love that you're out, outreaching. You're going out there into your into the discomfort zone to try to find some alien stories for me. I, I want to also kind of the alien skeptic. Right? I just want to give you a little bit of a round of applause for like going out there and finding the stories for the pod. You know, like hey, I love it. I love that we'll you're give out you here. A round of applause for making it look pretty once I'm done talking. Hey, and man, when you're done talking. I just so. want the people who are listening to appreciate and to, you know, there's so few of you. Let's be real. There's not that many of you. So like, let's be I'm like talking right to you right now. Talking Hi. Right to you ten Hi. people right now. Just. <laughs> help us out share it because i'm gonna make them look 
like somebody professional is doing it. So that way people who see it for the first time go, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll be able to watch this. No problem. You know. All right. I'm going to stretch this one out. I do agree with you 100 percent, but I got a big alien story, so I'm going to jump into it. Hit me. Um, so for the first time ever, history experts say two alien abductions have occurred in the same night in the same place for the first time ever in recorded history. Uh, this happened in Pascagoula in the 70s, but they, due to them just now doing heavy research on it, they never uncovered that these two stories actually coincide with one another and prove each other's stories from 40, 50 years ago. Wow. fucking nuts. So we're going to get started by talking about a woman named Maria Blair. She, uh, she was the original witness, and she said that she saw the UFO land on the banks of the Pascagoula River in Mississippi in 1973. Now, once landed, she said three gray creatures emerged and captured two fishermen who were on the bank about like a hundred yards from her. Okay. Wow. This is all she could remember about it. She ran away until 45 years later, her husband admitted to being abducted on his deathbed. Uh, he told her he was abducted the same night. And this brought Dr. Irene Scott, who's a PhD and British UFO investigator, which I feel like is a job that you're dying to get in this world. Philip Mantle, who believes the case could be the first double abduction that was caught in UFO history, right? Because they snagged the two dudes at the river and then they snagged her husband as well, supposedly. You know, one time I looked up how to be a field investigator for MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. Yeah. It's a it's a pro bono. You do it for free. So yeah. it's kind of a That's the downside. <laughs> no money in aliens. Yeah. Um now this is where things get really interesting, right? Because we heard that she saw it and then we heard her husband, but her husband never brought it up until he was on his deathbed at all. Like never brought it up to her, even though she had told him the story. Okay. Okay. So this led to this PhD, uh, this woman whose name was Dr. Scott and our, our wonderful man here, Philip Mantle. They went out and they started going through Mississippi and researching people, right? All right. Good and spot. They, it's a good spot yeah. to be investigating. In general, the, more, the, the least populated parts of the U.S. tend to be the more visited parts of the U.S., if you will. Bless you. Gesundheit, hell yeah, hit that shit hard, bro. So, while they were out there, you wouldn't believe it, but in all of their research, they ran into Calvin Parker and Charlie Hickson, who were also fishing in Pascagoula on October 11th, 1973, when they saw the strange oval-shaped craft land in front of them. Okay, so now we have these two people admitting it. The men said creatures with lobster-like claws at the ends of their arms and carrot-like gross from their noses and ears emerged from the craft and grabbed them. So now we now know that the people that Maria saw back in the day are these two guys. Wow. Isn't that nuts? So what she saw, they're backing it 50, 60 years later now. And although Calvin Parker doesn't remember shit about what happened on the craft... Uh, Charlie Hickson does. He says he was examined by what looked like a large football-shaped mechanical eye that was about six to eight inches in diameter, and it seemed to scan over his entire body. And then they just woke back up outside. So they were they woke up outside. These two. All right. So I, I'm getting a little lost in the story a little bit. So somebody saw the this craft come down and abduct two other people. Yep. So but Maria it, Blair they, saw the abduction. Yeah. But they. Yeah. But she herself, to her knowledge, she didn't get abducted. Nope. She just saw these two dudes get beamed up, and then after large scale research. They found the two dudes and the two dudes without knowing that they had that there was a woman. These two guys had no idea that a woman had ever seen them get abducted. They've just been walking around with their abduction story for the last 50 years. And they told it and it completely lined up to Maria's story who had seen them 50 years earlier. Wow. So 
how do you feel about the UFO abduction phenomenon? Like, I, I'm super into, like, uh, the nuts and bolts aspect of the UFOs. I'm into the idea of there being craft retrievals. I'm into the idea of there being hands and people who are paid to work on the UFO phenomenon. And they're able to manipulate the actual evidence literally right in front of them. That's like my yeah. main goal is to get to that. But there are so many instances, dude, of UFO abduction cases. And I've read a bunch. I've tried my best to engross myself in that aspect of it. But it, it becomes kind of hard after a while because you listen to these people's stories and you go, there's, there's no way that this can be true, right? Like, I, I can't. <laughs> yeah, as it just a, sounds so ridiculous. As but. a true believer, man, and I go, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this because, that, you know, you're in a situation where we're breaking the wall. Like, now you're there, you're with them, and they're somehow conveying information to you. And... I, 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 it's always been hard for me to, to reconcile that. And, but like, there are so many compelling UFO cases where people literally have missing time and then they're missing for that amount of time, you know, or. Yeah. So these know. people are either like conveying these mass things where they then like go into hiding to prove their point later. Like they're true psychopaths and they're like backing up their fake stories or something's fucking happening. Yeah. Well, there's, there's been multiple, theories put out there there's a theory that the u.s government is in charge of uh manipulating the u.s populace into believing that there's a ufo in like abduction thing and that they're genetically manipulating us and all this bullshit like they're they, you know they you can go the further you go down the rabbit hole the more it, it consumes itself and you become like well, i have no idea what's even real anymore you know? And I think that's almost what they want you to believe, right? They put out so much misinformation with real information that it's it's trying to confuse the main the main populace, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I I agree with that, and I and there are people who have specifically been pointed to in the UFO field who have been disinformation agents. There's a, guy, a famous guy named Richard Doty, who um, worked in counterintelligence for the US, United States Air Force and actually forced a UFO believer into suicide and got in trouble for it because he was, that's exactly what he was doing. He was implanting false information about the alien agenda and UFO knowledge to a guy who now we speculate potentially could have seen something or potentially could have been involved yeah. in seeing something. And instead that, they made him feel like he was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fucked up, dude. I hate shit like that with a passion. Like that shit makes me so frustrated because like, you know, that guy, he probably had struggled with other mental health things as well. And yeah. he saw this and then they took advantage of that. It's very like house of cards to me. Yeah. Where, but you know, that's they, effective, yeah. right? Like, you know, that shit actually works on people. So of course they're going to do it. Yep. And, uh, I don't know, man, when you see evidence of stuff like that, I feel like there's evidence of corruption. And when there's evidence of corruption, there's evidence of like a cover up somewhere about something. In some way. Yeah. Right. You know? So, yeah. Well, that fucking sucks. And I feel like a lot of people fall into that category of people who are mentally ill, who see something they shouldn't. And then the government goes, oh, well, they have tracked mental illness so we can do whatever we want to them. And then we'll just blame it on their mental illness when something happens. Yeah. Yeah. And it, here's the other thing. David Grutch, the guy who's coming out and saying that there are people who have worked on UFO programs, you know, the guy in the news right the now. The guy who had that big release a couple, like, six months ago, right? Uh, not a couple of weeks, let's say a few weeks, maybe three or four weeks after his big publication came out, his big interview comes out. Yeah. There was a, a piece in The Intercept, which is actually typically one of my favorite places to go and consume news because they kind of go against the narrative in a lot of ways. They kind of... Uh, investigate anti-establishment narratives as opposed to trying to be buddy-buddy with, yep. you know. But they even put out this piece that was essentially attacking Dave Grush's character. It said he was a uh, an untrustworthy source because he... Of course they did. Of course they did because they want to backfill as fast as they can. Yeah. 
Well, they said yeah. that he was an untrustworthy source because that he he uh, had a mental breakdown when he got back from Afghanistan. He freaked out and said he was going to kill himself. He said all this, that, and the other. Like, they they literally brought up his PTSD records, which yeah. are which are like logged within his workforce stuff. But also should have some kind of privacy to them as well. If we're going to be fucking honest. Well, let's be real. It's either we're going to send these guys off to bullshit wars where they're fighting for no fucking reason. And then they come home and they realize they were fighting for no fucking reason. And they're all fucked up about it. And, and then you don't take care of them and they develop all these fucking issues like PTSD and all this stuff. And it's it's fucked up because you you can't have it both ways. If you're a progressive news source, you have to support uh, the people who come home from these wars and want to speak out and do whatever type of whistleblowing it is. You know, you can't you can't sit there and uh, demonize them. They put out this oh he he's an alcoholic. He you know his wife had to call the cops on him. Like it's like yeah, that's the story for a lot of people who come home from active warfare and deployment like they need to be understood you know absolutely well uh we got we're coming up on the hour we got uh room time for one more story and i thought i'd bring up something a little fun here to wrap with today uh it's also following two close people we love talking about on here which is old rudy and our boy hunter biden okay So, as we know, last week we talked about how Rudy Giuliani had to declare bankruptcy due to owing $150 million to poll workers, right? Due to his bankruptcy filings, we now are provided with a snapshot of who Rudy owes money to and how much is really in his personal and professional life when it comes to money, right? Um, This let us learn that Rudy actually owes money to Hunter Biden which I thought was very interesting. And it's got to be enough money to where it's on this lawsuit, you know, that, that you owe this much. Like if it's got to be enough, a big enough number to where it's on bankruptcy filings. Right. Um, It's not specified how much, but we did learn that Rudy only has about one to $10 million in assets. And he owes over $300 $300 million total. That's a lot of money that he's got. This is what we were saying on the last ep is like how much fucking money he's going to owe versus how much he actually has. There's no yeah, he's way. He's not a movie star. He's yeah. fucking a politician. He's yeah. got one to $10 million, not liquid. And that's like top tier that you're going to make after your job in politics. Like they, they're able to buy these people off for such a low in the scheme of things, like to us, it's like obviously not a low amount of money, yeah. but like to them, that's like pocket change that they're able to buy these people out for and then eventually become their fucking spokesperson or whatever. Like Rudy Giuliani is such a corrupt piece of shit, you know? Yeah, all that money is for saying certain things in certain ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a lot of money. So wait, what does he owe the money directly to uh so explain that again so they don't they don't say it, it is not written what he owes hunter biden for or how much but what i did notice is is that i i never even understood why but earlier this year hunter biden had a lawsuit against rudy giuliani where he said that he tried to hack his personal devices right and in the world of talking about you know, were they, you know, were they trying to dig up that dirt on him to try to give this loan forgotten? Because it's like one more step in Rudy's loan process that he needs forgotten. Like, is that why they tried to hack the computers and the phones? That's my question. Yeah. I mean, uh, there was, I remember back in the day when the Hunter Biden laptop leaks came out, they claimed that like it had involved certain people remote accessing his stuff when I don't think that was true. I think like the, the, the full story was that he sold that, you know, he gave that laptop and he didn't fucking clear the memory. Yes. Someone was like, Ooh, look at yeah. all this disparaging. The original story yeah. that was reported in the New York post, I think is the closest to the truth we're going to get with that story. Unfortunately, it was censored on Twitter. It was censored as Russian disinformation. Yeah. Which I think was the beginning of a lot of people's distrust with social media and uh, 
you know, because if something's true, it doesn't really matter if it's going to affect the election or not. Right. Like people want to know, like people don't want it covered up because it conveniently helps the uh, result they want to see, even if the average, even if that is the truth, they they want to see what people actually, you know, majority voted on occur they don't want to see what you've manipulated occur yeah and we're learning that i think is the whole thing yeah i think that was what the twitter files was all about when elon bought twitter and had matt taibbi do those twitter files and they investigated into you know the the three-letter agency's involvement in social media or whatever yep and especially in like fake docs accounts yeah well that's the yeah. other thing is like the fake docs accounts i think were were put up as a kind of like a scapegoat for a lot of the problems that were happening online where it's like, yeah, I, I, but like, I'm not dumb. I think my intuition could kick in and tell me that an account is fake. Even if they do a decent enough job at covering it up. You can always tell, dude, you can always fucking tell when there's always something fishy that you can see as someone who grew up with the internet like you and I did in that generation where every new device, every new social experiment, we were the group for. We were the age for, right? We we know what's fake and what isn't, but we can't say the same for people older than us, unfortunately. I grew up playing RuneScape before the Grand Exchange existed, which was the... <laughs> so there's no way 